You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. This is someone we actually met a couple years ago. Yeah. Crazy. We met on a job with Game 7. I think we were yes. doing something for um, Beats by Dre. Wow, yeah, yeah that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. We wow. connected then, yeah. That's right, that's right. Well, this guy, he's a multidisciplinary, I say, because he just has different arenas that he sort of excels in. Um, he's a self-starter. Um, he's a motivated person that I see who's like doing for himself versus waiting for people to like create opportunities for him. He creates his own opportunities, which I really respect and is really like the DNA of Open Canvas. Um, so without any further ado, please introduce yourself, man. First and foremost, I want to say thank you for all the kind words, man. I appreciate that for you. got real. it, man. Uh, my name is Kwabina Vrenya. Uh, most people know me by Kwa. Uh, from Brooklyn, New York. Been living here most of my life. Around the, um, I've been around the country for the most part, but New York is home. Thank you again for being on the podcast, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been like a long time coming, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like we we were like talking about the idea of doing this like a while a while ago, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like now's the right time. When you first started it, you were actually telling me about like what you were about to start, and I was like, yeah, that sounds dope. I definitely want to yeah, get on there if yeah. I can. And you was like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess since day one, I was supposed to get on there. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. But you know, I think now more than ever like just the timing and the culture we're living in now for me I grew up playing basketball so I think for us growing up basketball is like in our DNA but we also have other passions and and other and other things that we can excel in you know I think now more than ever like it's becoming highlighted that like as athletes like we have a power larger than just the sport that we play not just power honestly responsibility too Mm -hmm. depending on where you are as an athlete I think um uh, you got to find yourself within the sport because, like you said, it's a part of our DNA, but it's not the whole of our, what makes up our DNA. Right. But for some people, they think, like, ball is life, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a part of life. You right. feel me? So use it to your advantage, you know? And I learned that. Come from Coney Island, you know, everybody played basketball. Mm-hmm. So, and I wasn't the best. Far from it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played because I knew I had to figure out how like what is my job what is my responsibility to get me on the court so that that way I can you know stay on the court and it helped me through life like I use that and that's part of what I do with full circle I try to teach them the things that they learn on the court they can use it outside of the court to excel in life so it's like how am I going to get on the court if I'm not as good as everybody else you know what I mean and I just figured out all right cool do what everybody else isn't doing play defense rebounds block shots everybody wanted to just score the re- um, score the basketball you know yeah do something else so you could stay on the court oh. and um so people can see your value for the most part and i just apply that with everything that i do because it's like i'm not the most photogenic you know what i mean i'm not the best at everything that i do and other people and I'm, I'm raw at what i do because i'm i'm, I'm new to it, at least from what i'm what i'm doing right now yeah all right but, so before we even get yeah. started can you like say or, or even like explain wh- who you are or what you do all right so i mean my name is kwabina of course everybody calls me kwa um so i do a bunch of different things for the most part i'm a nike model um i also train with nike but i model in general i just started getting into acting as well all of the above of what i just said i started doing like at least a year ago i actually been training for like the past five years but i started acting and modeling about a year ago and it's been going really well nice very fortunate and blessed to get some of the spots that i've gotten um also do photography videography but i've haven't done that in quite a bit you know but it's cool because i still 
I know what it's like to look through the lens, mm. and now I'm seeing what it's like to be in front of it. Nice. You know what I mean? I'm also a philanthropist. I'm starting a nonprofit called Full Circle. Nice. Um, and basically, it's just about owning up to our responsibilities in the, whatever industry that we are in. You know, if you're if you're in a certain place where you can create some type of income from it, you have some type of value that you can give to someone that wants to be where you are or aspires to be better than where you are. So we have that responsibility to help cut that time in half. Whatever, however long it took for us to get to where we are, we got to help the next generation, you know, and show them how they can use that to be better individuals in life and not just in the industries that they're in. Because these are the new leaders, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we got to affect that moral compass, and that's what Full Circle's about. Absolutely, man. And, and I don't know if you know, you know my boy Ty Richards? Of course, yeah. You know yeah, Ty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I tried to get him over here too, but so we, so me, Ty, and you know Rod, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. The three of us, like, we're doing Full Circle together. Shout out to them. Shout out to Ty. Shout out sure. to Rod. <laughs> Shout out to my boys, Ty Richards and Rod. Rod Reezy. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and the reason why is because, like, I met Rod, our first gig working together with Game 7. Like, we were, do you remember when Game 7 and Nike did that whole um, summer basketball at Brooklyn Bridge? Um, of course. Brooklyn Pier? Of course, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to be trainers, but we ended up getting demoted to brand ambassador. We were like pissed about it, but then ended up being happy because we had a good time together and realized like, yo, we were meant to be in each other's mm-hmm. lives some way, somehow. So let's help each other get to where we're going because we don't want to just do this brand ambassador stuff. We want to go beyond this. Yeah. And then I shortly, shortly after I met Ty doing like a random Nike gig. I think it was the video that's going to be that was that's playing right now and looping in the Nike Soho store. We, we were doing that gig and um. I was telling him like, yeah, I'm trying to get this modeling thing going, but I'm here and I'm too tall, I'm here and I'm too this, I can't get an agency. Mm-hmm. And then right then and there, he got a gig for Jordan. His, um, his agency told him about it. He said, well, I can do it, but I got somebody next to me who needs an agency and he jumps a lot higher than me. Mm-hmm. And the pay was, it was a pretty penny. Yeah. He didn't have to do that for me, but mm-hmm. he did it and got me signed. And then things started to snowball after that, like literally right after that, yeah. which you've seen, you know right. what I mean? It was, Honestly, I look back and I'm, I look back and I'm like, man, like all that happened to bring bring us to this point where now we're together, we're all in our separate lanes, but doing the same thing and trying to reach the same place. Mm. So we just realized like it's crazy how things come back full circle. Like we didn't we didn't expect to be this close, you know what I mean? So right. we want to be able to the support that we showed each other mm. up until this point and that we're going to continue to show each other. We want to be that backbone mm. for kids. Nothing but respect to that, man. Like, for real, like, that story is, like, it's valuable, you know? And, like, even, you know, shout out to Rod for even, like, seeing, like, having the foresight Mm -hmm. to see, like, you know, you you were fit for a job and, like, not being selfish about it. Oh, no, that was Ty. Oh, Ty, Ty. Ty. Yeah, Yeah, shout out to Ty for, like, having the foresight to to see that, you know, you had Mm -hmm. potential. For sure. And from that, it, like, sort of set off a chain reaction of things. Like, you're right. Like, I've just seen your work, and it's just, like, it continues yeah. to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So it it's like did. That one thing right there, like, set a lot in motion for me. Yeah. You know? And not just for me, for me to be able to do some, like, wonderful things for people. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, for instance, I went to Toronto, mm-hmm. where we gave out 100 sneakers to 100 kids. Um, you know Jamal Berger? No. I don't know if you know him. He's a photographer. He usually shoots for Game 7. Um, mm-hmm. We connected on a shoot. And um, just told him some of what I'm doing and what I'm doing in Panama. And he wanted me to come and help out and be a part of what he was doing in Toronto. Mm. And together we did the 100 sneakers. I trained those kids. and But he also did a lot. He did a, a lot of wonderful things for those kids, you know, not just yeah. the sneakers. Because he was telling them it's not just about the sneakers, you know what I mean? Like, you want to play basketball, we want to show you that we believe in you. So we're investing in you here, these sneakers, you know, yeah. go invest in your dream. Wow. So, you know, it was more than just the sneakers and the basketball. And I was like, yo, I like what you did and I want to take that to Panama. Mm. So, cause I had like, a, there was like 10 kids that I 
I ended up training like the second to last time I went before I met Jamal. Mm-hmm. I told them I'm gonna come back and train them again, so bring their friends. Yeah. And then I linked, I linked with Jamal. I was like, yo, let's do the sneakers. He's like, yeah, let's do the sneakers. I told him bring like ten more of your friends. Mm. The next thing you know, you know, through conversations with Jamal, I was like, you know what? Let's do a hundred. Yeah. So we did a hundred in Toronto, did a hundred in Panama, and then um, trained those hundred kids. But not only that, we raised six thousand dollars for a school in Panama that really needed the money. Went around to like low-income place areas and basically just gave out part of me gave out like school supplies school supplies for the teachers put up nets on backboards mm-hmm. ping pong tables it's crazy because they were playing ping pong on a table and you they were using like a wooden leg for as like the the division basically yeah and yeah glass they were using glass as paddles wow. but they were so nasty they're probably killing it they yeah. were nasty it was <laughs> unbelievable so we came through and we you know we, we did all that and there was a, a lot of other people that were involved too you know mm. And I ended up staying there for two months and just being about um, being about the um, youth development within the basketball culture, you know, training yeah. a, a couple of kids. Got to play a little bit of pro there. Nice. Met Roberto Duran. I met a lot yeah. of affluent people that were just, you know, very supportive of what was going on. So we have the potential to do it in a couple of different um, international places as well. Nice. Um, I'm getting, we're getting ready to do it in New York City as well. We just got to do, you know got to do a couple of events and just create awareness about yeah. it but right now we're doing the groundwork so that we can show people hey we're investing in ourselves so let's all together invest in some of these kids nice that we have man. access to nice man so so let's take it back man brooklyn yeah. Yeah, brooklyn yeah. born and raised born and raised all right cool where exactly in brooklyn um so i was born in flappers um east 21st quartel you mm. and then um i ended up moving to coney island when i was three. Oh wow okay yeah yeah so, so what was it like growing up in coney island because i don't think a lot of people especially like i could quote unquote new new york like yeah, yeah, people yeah. who aren't really from here yeah. even like go out to coney island or even know so what was that like for you growing up in coney island um it was very interesting um i want to say a clash of cultures just because you know i'm first generation Ghanaian west african mm-hmm. so i'm i'm at this point i'm more african than i am really american because mm-hmm. like i'm at that you know my household that's what i get from home yeah so i go out as this you know african boy or whatever but my environment is just you know inner city mm-hmm. new york city you know in the 90s yeah so yeah. I had to learn how to adapt and adjust ASAP, you know, and I was the youngest of two older sisters who were basically dumb. When I started school, they were like getting ready to have their boyfriends and move away. (laughs) So I had to figure it out on my own. It was tough, but my mom is tough. You know, she was raised by a dad. And whenever I lost a fight, I had to go back out there (laughs) and get it in or else I got it from her. You know what I mean? She did the necessary things to prepare me for, you know, not just with like discipline, but like just what she instilled with me as far as my my backbone my my real culture my african culture mm. like that's like it kept me it kept me together while i saw what i saw you know i saw yeah. some really some tough things when i was you know a lot a lot younger and not just me everybody did you know mm. but um it was rough it was rough i mean you had to learn how to protect yourself you had to learn how to have your guard up but at the same time it was still beautiful like I can't, I can't really explain it. It was beautiful, that struggle at the mm. same time because it made me who I am. And no matter where I go, I know I'm going to be all right because of my upbringing yeah. in this city. And I, I can't, sometimes it's hard for me to put into words, but anybody that was born in my era knows mm. the feeling that I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. Like I miss block parties. I miss mm. those house parties that you used to pay Talk a dollar to go it. into. I miss the reggae I was listening to at the time. Talk about it, You know man. what I mean? Yeah. So like, I, but New York City, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough mm. growing up in the city at that time. But 
you know, it, it made you who you are if you stay true to who you are. You yeah. know what I mean? If you didn't become a product of the environment, which so many did, mm. it made you who you are. You know what I mean? But yeah. I all all of that, like me being able to be who I am today to my mom for instilling that African culture in me, honestly. Nice, man. So I got a, so it was a clash. Yeah. Like I was saying, because I was trying to figure out, you mm. know, how to blend the two, you know. Mm. But I ended up making it happen, you know. But it was tough because I'm trying to show people that look like me. Mm my African culture because I think it's theirs and I think it's beautiful mm. and they're making fun of it. Mm. They're making fun of it, you know what I mean? And then people that don't look like me because I went to school outside of Coney Island and you know, I just played and played and lived in Coney Island. People that don't look like me, they're kind of embracing it. Yeah. At least the ones that aren't from the like their first generation like me from wherever they're from. Mm. But then the ones that are born here, they don't embrace it yeah. because of whatever whatever's in their mind, you know, whatever right. is placed on them. So it was just it was just weird trying to figure out a way to make it all work, yeah. and then you know having like basketball because it was a heavily basketball you know populated community. Absolutely, having that kind of forced on me mm. between not just my community but like my mom, like you're gonna be the first to go to college. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. are you gonna get there? You know what I mean? And yeah. Me being this kid that wants to do all these different things creatively, like within the artistic world, it was like I gotta leave that alone and mm. play ball. So it was like it was tough. Not just because of my environment, but because who I was forced to be to survive my environment. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. I hear you. And you said you you grew up in Coney Island, but yeah. you went to school outside of Coney Island. Where'd well, you go to school? When I went to elementary and junior high school, I went to school outside of Coney Island. Mm. So I went to um, like PS215, which was like by Kings Highway, mm. and um, it was predominantly like Eastern European Italian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then for junior high school, I went to David A. Booty, which was not too far from there, and it was a really um, intense school. So like you had Mark Twain Bay Academy and David A. Booty. Those were the three like best schools in New York City at the time. Mm. So you had to take like these tests to get in. Mm. And my brothers, they went to well, my mom adopted my two brothers, but um yeah, they went to um three oh three, which was in Coney Island. Okay. So I went over there. I never went to school in Coney Island mm. until high school. Oh, okay. And then because I went to, I ended up going to Lincoln. Yeah. High school, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So which is an interesting story in itself. Yeah. But um but yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, I didn't go to school in Coney Island. For those who like hear Lincoln, I obviously think like Sebastian Telefair, yeah, Lance, Lance Stevenson, um, Stephon Marbury, yeah. Isaiah Whitehead for sure. Yeah. yeah, so but like what was your experience like at, at Lincoln? My experience, believe it, I'll tell you. And it's not <laughs> the experience that people people would think. Um, so I mean, I had friends, of course, from Flatbush area because I, I, I was born there and I had friends from over there. And of course, I was known to Coney Island. And my brothers, they played on the ball team. They were older than me. And they were some of the best athletes in the city. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, playing in, like being at Lincoln, there was a lot of expectations on me based on who the athletes who my brothers were. Mm -hmm. They, so my brother, he, both of them going into high school were like at least 6'3 coming in. Mm -hmm. You know, and the other one just stayed at where he was at. My other brother, my oldest brother grew to like 6'4", 6'4 and a half. Mm. I came into high school 5'8". Mm. Not as built as them. It was totally different, you know what I mean? So I had pressure on me that I placed on myself kind of because I was just like, you know, am I going to live up to or be better than what mm. they are? I don't think so. I was, you know, so, but don't get me wrong. I made the team, but because of that, like I used to not want, I didn't want to play, so I would find excuses not to play, believe it or not. Mm. So mm. I would not be eligible <laughs> that's serious I'm not even gonna yeah, lie to you I would yeah, not yeah. be eligible and my brothers and my mom like and they would be upset at me because they knew like I was more than capable of passing mm. classes you know mm. and honestly also I slowly started to become a product of my environment in a sense where I was cutting class mm. I was in the lunchroom playing spades doing 
a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then came to my junior year and I was just like, yo, you know what? Like I, I started to grow a little bit and I was like, you know what? I started love liking the game. I started loving the game a bit more. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I got to give it a shot. Like I really got to do this. I'm sick and tired of like him. I'm seeing my mom cry. Like I'm her only son and she wants me to go to college like these dudes are. I got to do it. Yeah. So I made the team. Grades are cool. Ended up finding out like I had something wrong, like I had a heart condition. Basically, mm. they were saying my heart was beating really slow. So when did you find this out? Found out after I made the team. We had to get our physicals. Wow. So that pissed me off, and then I just kind of went back to that the mode that I was in, mm. and like nobody kind of really understood, and I was facing it by myself. Mm. And but at the same time, still knowing there's a whole other part of me that I never really got to explore, mm. and at the same time feeling like I'm forced to do this, but I still love to do this, but I feel like I'm forced. Mm. So. Ended up going to North Carolina mm-hmm. my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot changed for me. Like I kind of like blossomed into the man that I knew I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew from like 5'10 to 6'4. Damn, man. Yeah, from 16 <laughs> to 17. Yeah, yeah. Just grew. Mm-hmm. Um, showed this guy wider, started jumping higher. I mean, I caught my first dunk at 14, regardless of how mm-hmm. short I was. Right. So let's get that down yeah, on record. Put it back on record man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but yeah, I started growing and then. I was putting in like putting in a lot of work in North mm-hmm. Carolina, you know, to with a, a lot of teams that had like nationally ranked um, players. Yeah. So I got a little buzz and then came back to the prep school year, and then I ended up going to JUCO where things didn't really yeah. work out for me as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had an amazing like experience. And sophomore year, we damn near went undefeated, shattered a backboard during my homecoming mm-hmm. game. Like mm-hmm. it, I had an amazing experience, but. There was a lot of a lot that went into like let's just say politics. Yeah. You know, so it left another bad taste in my mouth with the sport. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know what, F this. Like I just stopped playing yeah. ball for yeah. a while. That is something to speak on, man, because cause I think a lot of young players or just even young young men and women who are playing sports now, they experience that. You know, there is like the the side of it where like of course we love the game Mm -hmm. but then at the same time there is that sort of politics side where you see favoritism and and things like that where it sort of gets in the way of your love of the game you know because you you come from like a pure place of like this is something that I enjoy doing Um, but then you you sort of see how things play out sometimes and it's like huh this isn't necessarily you know what I envision at all you know (laughs) know, the slightest and and it's cool you know it's just now you just have to make a decision you know what I mean Um, some people stay in that gray area and but you just have to make a decision and I just decided like I'm leaving ball alone mm-hmm. at this point I think I'm going to explore the different side of me that I, I didn't get to mm. so um, you know Steve counts oh of course the photographer yo yeah. shout out to Steve man shout out to Steve man killing it killing it yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Cra- it's crazy how this whole thing comes full circle yeah. that's why the name of the nonprofit's full circle man yeah. but, um, Steven counts I owe a lot just like Ty put me on this man helped me like that's my big brother right there, man, for real. Mm. He always knew my potential away from the court, even when I didn't like really believe or see mm. and just got me into different things, got me into photography. Oh, you're going to start assisting. You're going to start doing this. We were living together. He was helping me do a lot. Then I started to come into my own with photography, videography. Then I started to like work at Milk in the digital department. And I was really mm. like just coming along within that industry. So, you know, within like, you know, three years of just assisting some of the best photographers that, you know, the industry has, you know, Jonathan Mannion, Anthony Mandler, um, you know, it was a blessing, you know, and just honor at the, at the same time, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's just going into videography and some of those stuff. And then it led me back into basketball by 
being a brand ambassador for Nike, he was like, yo, I'm shooting for Nike. You should see if you could do this brand ambassador work. I'm telling you, you can make easy money. I'm like, all right, easy money, Nike. I get free shoes. Mm -hmm. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So within doing it, I'm seeing different things. I'm seeing people do different things. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why mm -hmm. am I greeting people? Why am I saying just like, hello? Like, I feel like I got so much more that I can offer. Yeah. Besides just being the body that says hello, like I want to do more. So I'm just watching. And I'm in my head just like creating my plan of like how I'm uh, how I want to move within this network of people. Yeah. You know, and I'm just seeing it and, you know, talking to Steve about things. And I'm like, well, you know, I see myself doing some of the training stuff that they do. I see myself modeling. I, I don't see why not and getting into a lot of that stuff. And just it was just a thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's mind expansion, yeah. really, because like once you realize what's possible or like the other avenues that you can take, you can yeah. just like run with it, man, because, you know, and I think that's sort of something that we share in common in terms of like being like a young athlete and sort of like society almost placing the pressure on you like this is what you have to be yeah. at all times and nothing else let's talk about that like, even like the bit, shut bro, up and dribble crazy. conversation you know it's like that's insane you know and it's a real thing and, and like even i think you know the most recent incident where like the newscaster told lebron just to shut up and dribble like on a, on a that's on a macro level yeah. but on a micro level mm -hmm. i think a lot of young athletes experience that same thing For you sure. know in, in like high school in college for sure sometimes like society or even your school will love you for mm -hmm. playing sports they just want to see you on the court yeah. but then when you say wait i have other passions i have other interests mm -hmm. i can do videography photography mm -hmm. and creativity in any form of expression it's like uh you're not at the school for that yeah. you know you're here to be yeah. an athlete just go show up to practice show up to your games and, sure. and you know be a good athlete 100 you know so that's a real thing but yeah what do you think about no nah, that? that's that's it <laughs> no nah, for real and that's because like you get that scholarship or whatever basically mm. it's supposed to be free it's supposed to be i get to go to school for free mm. you know what i mean so i gotta play ball but that does does that mean that that's all i have to be mm. you know what i mean but like two things i see in that you know um first things first that's why full like full circle we want to expose people so for instance sooner or later once we get started i want to have workshops one of the two like one of the two workshops well, i'll tell you both of them two of the key workshops are going to be kids teaching parents or teaching us mm -hmm. we want to have their parents come in where they're actually teaching them some of the things that they're learning about and what they're going through because where i'm finding mm -hmm. that kids like it's i remember having well I, I remember somewhat having a parent at home because my mom was a single mom doing what she had to do but a lot of kids you know they don't have parents at home because especially in this city you got to work you really got to work so mm -hmm. sometimes parents become household friends and not mm -hmm. really parents so we want to try to reestablish you know reestablish that wow. at the end of the day i know that i'm here and you know ty knows this rod knows this that we're here to be the bridge between parents and kids because think about it where in it what year were you born 89 89 all right 88 yeah so we got a little bit of everything you asked mm -hmm. me and a lot of the new to help guide the new because these kids don't have none of what we had true think about it like saturday cartoons now compared to then yeah. not the same yeah. kids were riding bikes <laughs> kids were climbing trees you don't see any of that yeah. anymore just kids were outside <laughs> basically that's Simple. it <laughs> like dinner time like you yeah. actually had like decent conversations like mm -hmm. kids weren't on their phones like it, it was a different time so like mm -hmm. and i think sometimes parents don't know how to connect with their own kids sometimes and there's like a disconnect so i know that we're here to play that bridge but another thing is exposure mm -hmm. a lot of these kids don't know that they're more than basketball players because they're not exposed to anything else mm -hmm. so i want to have you come there and say yo this is what i do mm -hmm. this is how i do it oh yeah i get paid to do this right right you do you get paid to do word mm -hmm. oh, okay you know now it becomes interesting to them like so i want to be able to bring people like yourself steven counts 
from all walks of life that are just professional at what mm-hmm. they do and have worked the show for it. Like, hey, this is what I do. And then it's going to be, they may not be everybody, but out of like 20 kids, maybe seven or five, maybe like, yo, I really like that. Mm-hmm. And then we can start the, all right, cool, we didn't, we're going to group you here. Whenever Taj comes to talk, he's going to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. And then we can start grouping kids into these little individual groups where they can come in maybe once a week and have however um, many days a week or however many times you can come in and you can like start to like maybe mentor them and show them a little bit of your you know your skills or whatever you can show them and and I think that can spark you know something first of all it's it's challenging them they're learning they're growing but at the same time I think it sparks and I'm like hey I am more than just like what I see in front of me because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't they just don't know that you know right right and support is everything I didn't my, my mom wanted to support me but she didn't know how to be in a first generation like African African parent yeah so it's just like yo this is what you got to do go do it so we also want to support kids you know mm-hmm. we want to expose you to the things that you can be but we want to be your support cast too mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. that's that's powerful, man. Like, I, I just, I, you're painting like an amazing picture of what that is going to be. Yeah. And I can just see like you're reintroducing people to like the idea of support. Yeah. You know, I think that's a crazy thing, especially in this city. You experience like a lot of people pulling you in multiple directions, telling you what to do, telling you this is what you have to be. And, but then not necessarily having people who can say like, all right, continue to affirm mm-hmm. your path or even encourage you. Or even, or even say, ask you, what do you want to do? Right, yes. What are you interested in? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right, man. That's a good point. Yo, that's that's crazy. Yo, like... Like, you got a kid. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I know there are parents out there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, the reason why I don't got nothing against parents that do that is because you live life and you know what the world is like so you want that safety net for your kid more than you want them to go out there and take risks at least for the most part Mm. most parents want their kids to be okay and safe you know but some parents understand that okay and safe isn't necessarily going to be best for my kids so I want them to go out there and just take on life you Mm. know what I mean Mm. but yeah um, that question is rarely asked I think yeah you know I don't think most parents ask it I think most parents set like a foundation of this is what you should aspire to be or look forward to trying to be but i don't i don't think most ask you know what i mean mm-hmm. but that's that's my that's my opinion i don't i don't truly know right yeah and and one thing i can say too is like you know i'm seeing people like you and also like you know you have like fillet and, and people like yeah, that yeah. like you guys have sort of found a way which i think before people didn't even know like you created your own lane and being able to like say, okay, I'm gonna use the sport of basketball, but then I'm gonna basically use it as just a platform to, you know, yeah. open me up to other entrepreneurial endeavors. 100%. You know, like that's powerful, man. Yeah. I think that's sort of like the next phase of what an athlete can be. Yeah. You know, is like, True. you know, because we see that we have a lot of cultural capital, you know, through the sport of basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, just as as black people, yeah. you know, it's like. We create the cool. We create the you yeah, know the swag, man. Yeah. Everything like mm-hmm. the athleticism. It's like yeah. it's it's natural. It's effortless. Yeah. You know, and by that, you know, a lot of the the companies and brands that we work with, they see that value. 100%. You know, and it, and it's now our turn to sort of see our value within ourselves. One hundred percent. And create the create the cultural capital that we want for ourselves, and then yeah. begin to say, you know what, you know, if if like other if the world can see how valuable you know our talent is you know why not why can't we sort of create that same value for ourselves and like create profit through it so i see like you doing that and like even i talk about filet a lot but like i remember going up to like uh rucker park to watch games in the summer Mm -hmm. he would just be there playing you know and like i would see him and i was like yo this this kid there's something about him no idea he sang or anything like that you know but then i could just tell like something switched 
Yeah. And like he just started opening up, being himself, being himself. Which and a shout out to him, yeah, for doing yeah. that because I'm still having problems doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still, I'm like, I'm like, I'm still guarding. Every day we're all learning. Yeah, every day I'm still guarding it because of, you mm-hmm. know, and and I'm looking forward to that day when I fully break out of my shell. But yo, <laughs> shout out to him for being that way. Yo, he was super cool dude, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out for that alley oop on Sunday. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's real just to sort of see like. And we're all young, you know, and I feel like what, the younger we can realize how, how, how much power we have, yeah. you know, the, the better it is. So, so I'm just glad to see, like, you guys taking the, the steps to sort of say, you know, like, you guys, we, we can actually enterprise our talents. You know, mm-hmm. we can actually take what we do and create businesses for ourselves that help others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's sort of what I'm seeing. Like, full circle, I'm loving the concept. It's like... You know, you're not just doing this from like, oh, this is just a way to make money. No. You know, it's like this is a way to help people and empower people around me, younger than me, peers. It's just like it's a really great concept. I, I'm loving hearing about it, man. Sure, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like put it just to make it simple. It's like, yo, whatever you want to do, go do it. Yeah. And then just know that there are other things here that you can still learn and acquire as you go on and go do what you want to do. But whatever it is you want to do, go do it. I don't want to stop you. I don't want to say you have to just play ball. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I don't just want to play ball. I right. never did just want to play basketball because I'm not just a basketball. Like Jay-Z said it best, I'm not a rapper. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I just happen to know how to rap. Mm. He's more than that. You know what I mean? And that and that always stuck with me. Like when everybody would tell me, ah, stick to that, stick to this. Oh, you too tall for this, you too this for that. Mm. It's like, man, I always would hear that. You know, and it's like. So I would stick to that, you know, and I would just apply like what I know and what I've been through and see how I could, you know, just monetize it with, you know, within the realm of basketball for the most part. So mm-hmm. it's crazy how all those things brought me back to ball, you know, kind of kind of going back to what we were speaking about a bit with um, kids, you know, politics and stuff like that. And athletes not really being appreciated, basically. And I think it's because especially when it comes to basketball, like you said, mm-hmm. remember that, that comment you made, oh, just dribble the ball. Mm-hmm. They... Some of these people have no clue. And the reason why they're like that is because I bet you, for the most part, for the most part, a doctor wouldn't make that comment. Mm. A doctor that understands the game of basketball and what it takes, he understands what it takes to become who he was and what it takes for LeBron James to be LeBron James. The sacrifices that he made, also what he endured during those sacrifices. Mm. Like, most people in the world don't understand that. People that, you know, like doctors and lawyers, like they understand what it takes from the day that they're born practically mm. to just say, I'm sacrificing for this. Yeah. That newscaster will never understand mm. that. Mm. That's why like like for instance, I'm not into um, I'm not into ballet. I'm not into certain things, certain, mm-hmm. you know, things when it comes to in general. Yeah. yeah. But I can appreciate somebody's hard work and skill and passion because I know what that looks like because I've been there mm, to they, push myself to get to that point. They put in the same 10,000 hours. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, the and, the and granted, most people don't do that. Mm. So most people are like, yeah, go bounce the ball because you work a regular nine to five running a hamster wheel and you have someone telling you to do all the time, well, to do all the time. Mm. And you, you know what I mean? So where's your, you don't have no passion, anything that you're sacrificing for, for you. Yeah. So when you're seeing someone bouncing a ball and they're getting paid, whatever they're getting paid to do it, mm-hmm. you don't understand why, because the dude worked for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they're really just projecting their insecurities onto another person. 100%. You know, it's like this yeah. person is actually creating his, his own life for himself. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is uncomfortable for people who haven't been able to do the same for themselves. 100. Because you know? everybody, I, I think that's the true American dream. I think mm. everybody wants to be, of course, financially free. Mm. But I think everybody, especially in today's age, mm. wants to be their own boss. Like, nobody wants to work for anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to work for anybody. For the most part. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to work for somebody. But but I, I, I think, like you said, I, I agree. 
I think they're placing, the, they're projecting out their own securities. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but. another thing about you, man, that I'm really, I just respect is your hustle. Like, I mean, we just recently had a conversation and I'm just like, yeah, like I, I completely 100% relate to sort of getting a hundred no's or like getting, you know, yeah. the door just slammed in front of you, but then you just sort of finding another way into the building or like creating your own building, like building your own building, you know? Yeah, and like, there's always a way, man. There's a hustle. And, and specifically within the city of New York, I see it, man. It's like, people aren't just handing out opportunities for no, free. No, there's a lot know? of negative competition out here too. Mm, mm -hmm. There is a lot. Like I And and I didn't know that until like, I, I lived in Atlanta for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I had the, you know, the luxury of working with wonderful people, talented people in the music industry and within the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. And I just noticed how, and it, it only happened like that because people just actually wanted to see me win and mm -hmm. wanted to collaborate. That's like, you could be a producer, I could be a rapper. Like, yo, you're a producer? Let me hear some of your stuff. Oh, where yo? Let's let's work together, mm. and we can understand that we it's a mutual beneficial thing, and do this, right. and 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 potentially create a dope mixtape. Mm. Over here, you'll find that out, and and you'll you'll find out like oh we could help each other, but some one person might think ah you know what I ain't trying to work with him, he's just trying to use my cloud or mm. whatever whatever he may think. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just feel like that, and, and I feel it, and I see it, like there's a lot of negative negative competition. That's also part of the reason why I've been in my shell too. Like mm. I don't just show myself to everybody, right? Right. Because I want to demand that respect from everybody. Because I know I'm gonna give it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, I want to be able to see who is meant to be in my life. That's like I was telling Rod. I remember t telling him when we got like demoted into being brand ambassadors. I was like, Yo, bro, don't worry about it. We still mm. get to make money. Be about be around who we want. We get free gear. We get you know we get the build too. We get to build our, our network and resources as well mm -hmm. not as much as we we would have if we were trainers but just look at it like this right now we're at the bottom mm. so we get to see everybody up top for who they are mm. and we get to see who's really going to be genuine to us before we get to where we're going because we know where we're going everybody else doesn't know it yet right right so we get to see bro and it's a great we get perspective to learn to have. So just look at it like that and wow. that was it afterwards and we actually did brand ambassador work for a couple of years you know yeah. what I mean yeah to the point where now we don't do it anymore and now we're doing what we're currently doing now until yeah. we do what we do next right you know right. so you know like like to just to add on to what you were saying there's always a way you know mm. what I mean if you choose to see it like that but if mm. you choose to be negative if you choose to add negative to a negative situation then nothing good comes from that <laughs> but if you can see the silver lining or the why it, like or create a why it happened basically mm. That's supposed to help propel you or progress you towards your next thing. Then, I think every bad experience you have is is, is not necessarily cool, but it's a part of what makes you a king or a queen. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you can learn from it. Yeah, yeah, and I see it, man. With like even the, the hustle of like being a model, like that's probably like the most clear obvious way of like how you can like be denied a hundred times mm -hmm. before you get that one yes yeah you know and i feel like you know it's definitely something where it's like it's, it's a lesson in persistence mm -hmm. you know and having to sort of like go through a whole bunch of bullshit to get to like the place where you really want to be true you know so I, I really respect your hustle on that man and, and just the fact that again like you're not just labeling yourself as just a model or just someone who, who, who does one form of, of entertainment or acting. You know, you sort of have these other avenues that you're ready to explore and are exploring. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's, that's real, man. And, and I think um, I, had, I had someone on, uh, his name's Peter, Peter Johnson on, and he was just, like, saying, what else? Like, that's sort of his sort of mantra. Basically. He's, like, sort of just saying, what else at all times? Like, Basically. what's next? 
you know and I, I really respect the people who do that because they're the people that really like sort of push and expand themselves to their full potential and in doing that you sort of open other people's eyes to see that they can do it for themselves 100%. you know because sometimes it's almost like it's a gift and a curse to be really great at something because then it's like oh I can just do this and coast you know but it's the people who can actually see like there's another phase there's another level that I can reach yeah. you know those are the people that I actually end up love sort of observing experiencing and championing so like you're doing that man for sure I appreciate that I yeah. appreciate that bro mm-hmm. big time Um, I mean for me like you said what next and if and if I feel like like you remember the who, what, when, why, mm-hmm. how? Like that always helps me out. Like whenever anything is going on, I always have to ask why. Yeah. You, you gotta ask why. But um, nonetheless, what? Like what? Mm-hmm. What next? What next? If I ever come to a point where there isn't like a what next, like I'm stuck mm-hmm. or where I'm at, it's how now. Right. How do I get something else? But if not, how do I? become if I'm good at it how do I become great at everything else that I am doing now mm. now how do I now, now I gotta continue to build on that maybe that's why I'm standing still right now yeah you know yeah. what I mean absolutely so like so even if I'm not work like for instance I know there's a lot that goes into acting and modeling you know so like I started doing acting classes I'm gonna mm. take speech classes soon you know what I mean I wanna invest myself to get better because right now I'm that's what I'm currently doing I'm like acting modeling training like this is the cycle that I'm in for right now so yeah. I wanna become great you know until my what next comes around right you know what i mean i gotta perfect my craft so and i really want to i want to give it a try like i i have a lot of fun with it i'm passionate when i do it so it's like you know why not give it you know why not give it my you know my all Mm -hmm. so um but yeah how (laughs) how is is a a big one for me too yeah man yeah another thing that i I see i mean we talked like i remember when i was in brazil we connected a little bit like traveling from, yeah, yeah lucky man I'm sorry Not, <laughs> I still haven't been there man. I gotta go definitely definitely man but but I, I also just want to hear your experiences in terms of traveling and how that sort of impacted your worldview. Uh-huh. like Ooh, that's a good one you know and just how that sort of like is, is you know shaped who you are now man first time I ever left the country I was like seven mm. and it was cool I mean I went to Canada mm-hmm. but even though it was just up top, it was very different. Yeah, it's still international. People don't don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very. It was entirely different. Where, you where'd know? you go? Um, so started off in Toronto, but my family's in Oakville. On it's still in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, you know, I, and I used to go over there all the time. But I just seen the difference from you know being a kid and being seen only Brooklyn. You know, for mm. the most part. Mm going there and it was like wow people throw garbage in the trash can <laughs> just as simple as that like just that wow. like yeah, seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like people pick up their dogs like you know like this is like people are actually living like how they should live you know what I mean like right. I only see this on TV kind of mm-hmm. you know what I mean but um, nothing nothing not throwing shade at where I came from I love where right, I come from right, you know what I mean but I'm just saying like I got to see something different mm. so when most of my friends didn't get to see any of that I even as a kid I had aspirations of wanting to live in a house like my aunt mm. versus settling for an apartment somewhere in Brooklyn. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I had dreams of wanting to drive the type of Lexus that she had at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, brand new. It was lovely. I wanted that versus seeing some of the cars I saw where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, it changed my perspective a lot on what was realistic as, as far as, like, obtaining in my life when I when I was growing um as I was growing up, as, as yeah. far as what I wanted to do, what I want for myself, who I want to be, you know, and there was more to just New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, at the same time, like for instance, going to places like Panama, you get to learn that hey, you may think you have it bad, mm. but there are other people that would pray to be where you are. Mm. So make the best out of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because so like I see it 
I see it on both sides. I've seen it on both sides. So mm. it was like, all right, you know, no matter how bad it is for me right now, I can never complain. Yeah. You know, I can never complain because I, I got it better than, I, I want to say better than most. I mean, who am I? I don't know. Mm. I can't give, you know what I mean? But mm. I want to say that just off of my experience of going to, you know, places that didn't have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know, I feel like I know no matter what, I'll be okay. I, I can survive. You know, I've been mm. through enough to mm. prove that to myself. There's some people, and that's what made me want to continue to like do this interna- this international thing because there's some, you know, me for me as kids, you know, there's some kids that don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some kids aren't lucky to have the type of mom that I had to help me be who I am today. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. traveling, my experience, but traveling definitely helped shape who I am because mm-hmm. I had I got the pleasure of seeing people that lived a better life than me people that lived a similar life to me but at the same time it's like I'm, at, I'm in the outside looking now yeah. versus me facing it mm. and then seeing people that basically lived a lot worse than I did you know mm. so seeing the good the bad and the ugly yeah. you know yeah. and, and it and it made me conscious of hey there are things because in New in America and maybe Americans don't agree with me but a lot of foreigners think we are stupid because we live in a bubble. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. So, um, but in New York City, we live in an even crazier bubble. If America's in a bubble, in New York City's in an even tighter bubble. Like everything is surrounded. Like if it ain't New York City, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, but this made me conscious to hey, there are things going on in the world mm. that do matter. Mm. There are people that are out there in the world that do matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it may not be here in this country, but it still does affect us. Mm. Like everything that we do just doesn't affect the world like because i'm like everything that happens here you know it starts to be a trend everywhere else but things that go on whether it's good or bad elsewhere it affects us too whether we realize it or not you know what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. so it just made me conscious of that and made me aware and it made me want to play my part yeah like not just like i said not just in you know brooklyn where i came from but wherever i may land my yeah. two feet i want to play my part yeah and it's so. powerful that's something powerful to say man because when you think like a, a country or you know, going to a place like panama mm-hmm. to see someone like you there you know to see like black and brown people going there to help and sort of be an example and a role model that's major man like you got to think like for people who look the same to be able to come and say like there's another way you know just like for people like us who we've been exposed to other options and other pathways yeah it's powerful just to even see like the young like black community that is traveling to sort of like use that 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 privilege Mm -hmm. and and to be able to travel to like help people you know, I think that's major, you it know, because because it's like it's crazy. Like the same thing I go to Brazil. It's like I see people that look just like us, just like us. just like same us. thing in Panama, bro. There's so many yeah. that look just like us. Not taking even step they don't just look like us. They are us. 100 <laughs> percent. You know, so They're it's 100%. like I mean, Brazil's what the second largest African population yeah. other than Africa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like to, to experience that. It's like, man, like, you know, it's more than just a uh, quote unquote vacation. It's more than just a, a luxury trip. This is something where, like, people need our help. Just as much as, like, what happens here affects other places, it's vice versa as well. Like, we need to learn just as much from them as they need to learn from us. Like, 100%. there's an equal mutual exchange that needs to happen when we travel. 100%. You know? I can give you a great example uh, mm. I thought of when I was in high school that I never let die. Mm. I just never really got the time to, um, like, expand on it, but... Mm. I was looking, like for instance, I'm African, and sometimes I get fed up with like the history mm. of you know what happened there and um, mm. what currently goes on is like <laughs> how my people are now. All that the whole continent, not just Ghana, the whole people, you know, the whole continent. Yeah, how my people are and what they're going through, and it's like Africa has always been the continent for the taking. Mm. You know, so much 
when something goes on anywhere else in the world, we gotta pray for them. Mm. When it happens there, it's been happening. No one mm. prays for us. Mm. You know, sometimes we don't even pray for us. You know what I mean? So my thing was, I always knew your our liberation, true liberation is when African Americans and Africans come together. Yeah. That cord is severed. And, mm. and I feel like I was born first generation African American to help for a reason you know fix that you know cord that was severed connected back again because when African Americans can pridefully go back let me not say go back they can pridefully just go to Africa yeah. and be yeah. like this is my culture mm. and I'm, I want to make a difference here I do have a home mm. America doesn't necessarily have to just be it like I can do great things here and we mm. can make here great and have pride in that man that's going to be a game changer the richest country <laughs> the richest continent in the world yeah so but also, so put it to you like this, we, so you're an African-American, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm African-American, but I'm first generation. Let's just say I wasn't born here. I need you, you need me. Mm. I need you because you can help with some of your structure and economics and the knowledge that you and the way of living here, you could apply that there. You know what I mean? And you could also come to the forefront and speak for us when we can't speak on certain things, some of that strength that African-Americans have, you know, right. when they want to. Mm. For you guys, real sense of identity and culture. 100%. A real backbone that you can say is mine and don't have to stop and, and you know, don't have to rely on American or popular culture. Mm -hmm. You know, something that you can say, yo, I'm not doing this. Like, I didn't have to worry about my mom doing any type of drugs because that was literally beneath her because mm -hmm. of my culture. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming to anybody's parents that did. I'm right, just saying right. certain things just go out the window when you have that backbone mm -hmm. is what I've noticed. So I see how we need each other. Like, yeah. we need each other and can't, I, I truly don't think we can do it without each other. Yeah. You know, so I'm starting with me because mm -hmm. I know I can't change the world. Mm -hmm. So whenever Ty comes to Ghana with me, Rod comes to Ghana with me, mm -hmm. you come to Ghana with me, it's in our constitution that any African-American is mm -hmm. entitled to land in Ghana. That's real. So whenever I go, my, my, like I'm obligated to make sure you get your piece of land before you leave. Wow, wow. That's yeah. my obligation. Like things like that, you know, like I, I'm going to do my best to get everybody over there yeah. if I can, you know what yeah. I mean? That's so real. So, That's so real, man. Because it's been the continent for the taking and I, I want to see it change because you know, nothing against any other race. I'm the furthest thing from a racist. Of course. Anything happens to anybody, it hurts me. Mm. You know what I mean? I want everybody to be okay, but I just know nobody truly, like, does for us the mm. way that we need, or no one speaks up for us the way that they should, you know mm. what I mean? Until something happens, and then it's relevant, and then it's not relevant, right. and it's, you know, and that's just the history mm. of it. So I just feel like we got to take pride to just do it ourselves. So I want to start with me. Yeah. I don't want to just be telling people something, and then I can't show right. for it, you know what I mean? And... I'm sick and tired of just trying to speak about it or hearing it. So mm. at least I can sleep. When I see something on TV about some of the things that I'm talking about, I can sleep better at night because I know I'm trying to make my difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it hurts me to see it. But at the same time, not not as much because I'm making my difference. I'm trying, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So hopefully I can inspire the new to right. see some of those things, you know? Right. And this is a special time we're living in right now, man. I feel like there's... There's something happening. Like people are beginning to become more and more aware of like their identity. One hundred percent. Time, yo. <laughs> I was, um, Ty, Rob, we were talking, man. We talk all the time, and we were like, basically, 2018, man. Whoever it is you think you are or want to be, mm -hmm. like, be that person. Mm -hmm. Like, don't hold back. Don't don't hide yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself in general. Mm -hmm. Like, just be that person, man. And I think it's going to work out for the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think people are, you know, like you said, waking up to their true identity. And not just true identity, but, like, 
the real facts of the world like certain <laughs> things that just been you know we've been lied to about mm. i think people are starting to become aware of those things and with that you know there's a big consciousness like a shift of consciousness that's yeah. happening so i think some of the things that people like yourself and myself want to do mm. to help break some of the you know break some of the things that we some of the chains that we are you know kind of held by still mm -hmm. uh, i think now we can probably make it happen but i don't think it's gonna be from the big faces like let's mm. say nothing against any of the people that I named but like a Jay-Z or like I know they're gonna play their part because I'm pretty sure they're playing their part they have non-profits they donate or whatever but it's gonna be people like us mm. too I think more than anything because there's more than so if Jay-Z gives out money to a place in Africa whatever the case may be it's great but if we go with the money mm. and we build some of the things that they need with them mm -hmm. that goes a longer way yeah nothing yeah. against and i'm not saying that they don't do it i'm not saying i'm just using him as an example right, right. but like it's going to take people like us to show hey we don't necessarily have what some of these people have mm -hmm. but we're still coming to do this right december right. i'm going to feed a thousand kids in ghana mm. i'm going to feed a thousand kids in ghana bro. that's real i'm yeah. going to try to get as many sneakers as i can but i'm going to feed a thousand kids in ghana bro mm. yeah and i don't have bro look yeah. at me man i don't have no i don't have money bro mm. But if I can do it, anybody can. Mm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it can be done. Like, you don't have to be rich to give back, yo. Mm. You don't have to be. And that's, like, the power of, like, having, like, a will. You know, having the will to do something. You know, I think there's power in that. And I, I think people are really waking up to the fact that the power of our thoughts and having intention and then, like, the will to do it mm -hmm. can create any outcome you want. A lot of people are realizing their own power and yeah. like their own identity and then like saying okay what can I do with that power and identity there are definitely people are reaching their true potential and I think not only that mm. people are not afraid to mm. reach their true potentials mm. now like you see I think we live in a time where there's so many people doing amazing things like there's so many talented people out there you know and because of social media and technology we actually get to see like yeah. the average person is just this average person is just talented or whatever it is he does just that they're not on the TV commercially so mm. we will never know but now we see this like everybody is amazing in some way you know mm -hmm. what I mean everybody mm -hmm. has some type of value to offer yeah. you know what I mean so I feel like within that I think hopefully people can appreciate each other more mm. if we take the time to notice that you know what I mean yeah. but like you said now is the time like people are pushing the envelope you know what I mean and I feel like his because at the end of the day, history isn't written by people that just you know because we live in a world where you're, you're kind of told what to do mm. people are pe programmed if you will yeah, yeah and history isn't written by those people mm. history are written by people that are waking up to their true potential and, and think for themselves for, yeah, yeah that's who history is written by mm. you know what i mean mm. that's how things change that's how the world changed that's how innovations come about mm. not by you know no one average did anything great. Mm. Like I, I, I don't know. Like let me know who's <laughs> average that we could think about. That's gonna, that inspired you to be like, yo, I'm about to do this and sh and shake things mm. up. Let let me know. Mm. And not saying that you had to be worldly renowned, but you just didn't. You chose not to be the average person. You went a whole other direction, mm. and you're doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? You may not have grabbed my attention or inspired me, but I'm pretty sure you did for someone else. Mm. Whoever whoever it was that needed it, even if it's one. Yeah. Some people live their whole lives and inspire nobody. You mm. still quote one, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that, that's my view on it. And that's why I choose to be that way. Yeah, it's like there's a strength in following your own path. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, just making the decision to live life based on your own terms, mm -hmm. like, it's so empowering. Like, it's mm -hmm. crazy. Like, it's, it's such a simple thought, but a lot of us sometimes will wake up, like, 
in our 30s or 40s and realize we didn't live for like we didn't live on our own terms yeah it's just a 100% fear 100% this yeah. fear bro but that yeah. fear look at it that fear is thrown on us from kids I mean mm. I, I don't want to get into it like that but from teachers the, from teachers yeah like it's always you know from the news mm. fear based news since forever yeah even religion, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, like you got to fear God. Like, mm. you know what I mean. So it's we're we're taught to fear, you know, because of authority, or whatever, whatever the reason may be. Mm. You know, so people are afraid to do certain things. Mm. You know what I mean. But when you, like you said, you take that jump to just walk your own path. Mm. Like you may be nervous about certain things or scared about certain things happening, but that general fear that you had in life like I feel like for me it, it went out the window yeah, yeah. Like, it, and, and even when certain things like to the point where now certain things happen it's like mm. bro I'm gonna be alright like you know you've been through this already yeah. this is nothing new yeah. you know what I mean so it, it that fear like I'm glad that I don't live with that anymore you yeah. know what I mean I'm glad that I'm free of that you know and mm. I'm gonna continue to free myself from other things that mm. put me back as I continue to walk down like my path you know absolutely man yeah. it's, it's like if you're like a little kid and you go on like an Olympic high dive, yeah, like that first time you do it, you're like looking down, you're like, how am I yeah. gonna do this? Your heart's like in your like your mouth, like you're oh, like, oh man. shit, what am I gonna do? And then uh. you you take that jump, you're scared, like you're going down, you're like, oh shit, am I gonna die when I hit the water? Oh, but man. then you know you you finally hit the water, you're like, damn, that was fun. That was so bad. That was right? so bad. It's still a rush, That's but funny. like you know, then you can do it again and again and again. That's you know, so like funny, bro. it's real. It's like so so I, I sort of interpret like living on your own terms that way it's like yeah. each decision you make like where you're gonna live how you're gonna live what you're gonna do with your life the different things you're gonna do with your life mm-hmm. it's like each decision you make is like jumping off of the high dive like it's, a, it's like a, a 10 year old yeah you know and it's like 100% you know it's like it's, it's a rush but then you can learn like turning turning that fear into actual like excitement yeah. like that's the best part you know what when to when do you, with certain energies and emotions yeah. when you get it if it's not meant to like you can turn it into you different can turn things. it you can yeah. turn that fear 100%. into like adrenaline like, yeah. like excitement like oh shit I don't know what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. but that's what I like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the most of this cause that's when that's where the fun is man like you know at the end of the day like we wanna have fun with our lives sure. you know like and, yeah, and, and like who wants to live a predictable life too you know what I mean so like I'm just like, I remember when like my my freaking Olympic high dive moment was mm-hmm. when I was 10 and they were like, hey, Quab, we want you to do um, the African-American poetry contest. I'm like, no. Get right. the hell out of here. And they were like, <laughs> nah, you got to do it because you're the only one that can like memorize it fast. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I do it for the sixth grade class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not thinking like anything of it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to lose whatever. I don't give a damn. Let me just do it really quick. And yeah. over it. But bro, like I memorized the poem in literally an hour. Wow. And the what the contest wasn't until like another month but my heart every time I said that poem in front of the mirror practicing my like my moves or whatever my heart was like this cause I'm like damn I gotta do this on Racing. stage <laughs> I've never done this before you know what I mean yeah. so and, I, and I'm going last too or whatever mm. the case may be so like when I get called up then I'm like oh yeah. I got on my African clothes, I get up there. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, Kwa, man, just do it. And, mm. and and that one instance, because that was the first time that someone just threw me in the water and mm. I was completely out of my element. And I had to like and I was just like, yo, you gotta do it. From that one instance, it was like, yo, Kwa, you just gotta do this. And I just looked at the exit sign at the back, <laughs> didn't look at anybody else and yeah. did what I had to do. Okay. And I won. 
Wow. I went yeah. from my school, ended up competing for the whole city. Damn, you know what man. I mean? So, yeah. and ever since then, from mm-hmm. that day on, like, yeah, I'm a, I, I might get scared of butterflies when I'm doing certain things, but I never let it stop me. Mm. Like, I actually look forward to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just shows me that I care. That just shows me that I want to do well. Yeah. That, At least that's how I interpret it. That feeling, that energy is actually, in, it's an indication you're doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh shit, like, this is actually it's about to happen. Yeah, something's yeah. about to go down. Yeah. And, and something like, good. Yeah. yeah. And just from that example, it's like, that turned into other opportunities and you're like oh, yeah. wow like now I, I'm actually not only I'm, I, I've got past the fear of doing this and now I'm actually like killing this I'm an yeah. ambassador for this in, on, in yeah. a number of levels you yeah. know so like that's a great example man like 100%. I, I feel like we just got started now like this is really good you know we gotta do a second episode sometime yeah we man. definitely sh- yeah I definitely got it cause I got a Domino's um, callback thing mm-hmm. to go to mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. hopefully I get the commercial you know I definitely I'm not a pizza guy, but yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to put in the work. Definitely, man. But yeah, definitely, man, I appreciate you having me. I definitely want to come back, man. Maybe, maybe we could bring Ty back with me, man. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could get him out here too. Yeah. Bro. And then we'll have like more life experiences to talk about oh, yeah. and things that will happen. Because he's a, then, he's a whole, know? he's a. We're similar, but he's a whole other <laughs> can of worms. You yeah, know, it should be yeah. interesting. Yeah, real, man. man real. And, yeah. And yeah. Thank you for being on, man. I feel like, you know, this was actually the right time to do this. Like, mm-hmm. this is like exactly what like the world needs to hear yeah you know? I mean I feel like it was because I got the experience got the time I wasn't mm. I wouldn't have had all of this to tell you right right and I felt like I, I experienced enough in this new chapter that I'm about to go on with mm. full circle you know and with the people that I'm gonna do it with is like yeah I, I experienced a lot and I got to yeah. grow a, a lot from when I met you was which wasn't same that long here. ago same here man I, I feel know like we I'm, both growing I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's crazy I'm pretty sure yeah. man yeah. wow wow yeah and just even going back man I remember that Times Square beats yeah. event man that's crazy because I'm like, yo, stand like this. Let me let me try to like get yeah. certain picks for Russ or something like that. Yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. I wasn't hired to take picks, but I was like, yo, right. I'll take some for you, Russ. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I remember like, yo, yeah. yo, could you do this? Cause he's like, yo, I got you, bro. I got you. And, and it was freezing that day. Freezing, bro. <laughs> freezing. Yeah. Man. Uh, man, Russ almost got into a fight. I remember. That was, oh wow, that was crazy. Nah, yeah, bro. yeah. But yeah, man. Like, see, it's just like things like that. It's like now we're even just like we're looking back at that moment. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look back at this moment. Say, so, remember we were talking about yeah. like full circle and things, and then like. Things are gonna come to fruition, man. So like, sure. we're speaking into existence right now, man. So just nothing but you know respect to you, nothing yeah, but power it. and blessings, man. It's just like it's only the beginning, man. Only the beginning. So likewise, brother. Once again, uh, this is the Open Canvas. I'm Taj Alexander. I'm Quabina Brenya. And we're out. Appreciate it, man. Peace. Yo, feel that shit. Yo, appreciate <laughs> it, man. To find out more about the Open Canvas hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at theopencanvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.